1: Well, hey everybody! Welcome to the podcast. My name is Kerry Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. Man, I'm excited about my guest because if you are struggling with how to train up leaders, uh, you are not alone. And you know, it's funny at, at first when you're trying to you know grow a church or grow an organization, you think I just need some leaders, and then all of a sudden you have these leaders. like, well, how do I train them, and how do I get them all? on the same page. And if you've ever wondered about that, you're gonna love our guest today. His name is Scott Magdalen. got some experience at Life Church, and he recently started something called Trained Up Leaders and he's gonna tell us all about it. So you're gonna really enjoy today. And hey, I just wanna say thank you to everybody for tuning in, for taking some time. I really hope that we can help you lead like you never have before. And here's what I'd love to do. I love hearing from you on social media. So uh, what I would love, if you're on Instagram, or if you are on, uh, let's say, Twitter or even Snapchat. I'm trying out Snapchat this summer. Let's just see how that goes. Here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love you to take a quick picture or shoot a quick video uh, basically showing what you do when you listen to this podcast. So if you're out for a run, you know, grab a quick picture. Uh, If you are, you know, cutting the grass, which is where I listen to podcasts, washing your car, cooking dinner, um, at the gym, on your bike, whatever you do, uh, just do a quick snap and hashtag it, CNLP, Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, hashtag CNLP on your favorite platform. And uh, just do that. And uh, it'd be fun to see what everyone's doing and you can follow along. So how's that for all of you who listen and subscribe? Try that and, and I'll lead the way when... I'm listening to a podcast and do that this week, okay? So that's cool. Hey, we got some really, really good friends who are helping us with the podcast these days. This week's episode is sponsored by EA Help, Um, it is the leading virtual assistant provider in the United States. Now, if you listen back to episode 90, Uh, You heard me and my assistant of seven years, Sarah Piercy, talk about how we had to learn to work together. And then Sarah and Justin, as you heard if you're a regular listener, uh, her husband, they just had their first baby. So I was kind of left going, what am I going to do? I have a pretty complicated and busy life. And my mind immediately went to EA Help and uh, that's in fact what I'm using for this next year, and they have been fantastic. If you need someone to fill a hole, whether you're just starting out five hours a week, 20 hours a week, or full-time, I don't know anyone who's better at this than EA Help. So it helps you get back to do what only you can do by delegating the rest to someone else who can do an incredible job. And I've been learning how well they actually train their people. And my new assistant, whose name is also Sarah, she has hit the ground running and is knocking it out of the park. So uh, anyway, if you want more information, just learn more at EA Help. We also want to thank Vanderblumen. Uh, William Vanderblumen is leading a premier search firm in the church today. They staff the church, and he's got a fantastic new book called Search. It's a handbook for pastoral search committees, and I'm confident it's going to become the go to resource for church leaders. William just writes prolifically on this stuff, it's what he does and he is fantastic at it. If you haven't got your copy, you can get it on Amazon or download the first chapter for free at pastorsearchbook.com. Also, check out episode 19 of my podcast if you want to hear more from William, and he'll be on a little bit later on this year too, so I'm really looking forward to that. Lastly, if you have not signed up, Uh, to be on my email list. You want to do that. You want to subscribe to it. Just go to kerryneuhoff.com. That's where you'll find the show notes for this episode. But it's also where you can sign up for my email list. And my team and I are working actively on bringing you more content than ever via email. And so make sure if you're not signed up that you are. There'll be more details coming real soon. And we want to thank Enjoy Stewardship Solutions uh, for making that happen. So I just want to thank so much EA Help, uh, Vanderbloom and Search Group, and also Enjoy for uh, making things like today possible. So grateful for that. Um, Also, if you are a regular listener and you haven't yet subscribed, would you do that? And thank you for the wonderful people who continue to leave reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done that, we would just love to hear from you this week and uh, learn and grow together. In the meantime... Let's get on to training some leaders. Here is my conversation with Scott Magdalene. Scott, welcome to the podcast. I'm uh, so glad to have you.
0: Man, this is so cool to be here with you. I'm really honored to be on the show with you.
1: You were saying you go, you started listening at like episode eleven or something like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. My executive pastor. um, What we were talking about, we were doing like a breakfast together. We do try to do breakfast every once in a while, and um, he was telling me kind of the stuff that he was. Like he was getting poured into him, and one of the things was he was like this podcast. It's kind of kind of new. It's this guy up in Canada. Um, don't know how to spell his last name, but it's like Carrie, So you just like search Carrie, and, and you'll be able to find his podcast. It's killer. He, best guess, he's a great interviewer. So I started listening to it back way
1: back then. Well, it's a thrill to have you, Scott. And yeah, I uh, I realized in kindergarten I was going to spell my last name for the rest of my life and my first <laughs> name, N-I-E-U-W-H-O-F. Here we go. Um, so Scott, give us a, a little bit of a background about how you got in a ministry, because you've done some really interesting things. And these days you're focused on training. That's what we're going to talk about, because mm-hmm. all of us struggle. I mean, we. I, I was in a meeting yesterday, the day before we recorded this, Uh, with our staff. And we were just talking about adding all these volunteers. And we just kind of looked around and kind of went, you know what, we haven't done much training lately, we should probably do some (laughs) training. And it's challenging. We have, you know, over 600 volunteers now at our church. And it's just like, yeah, this is complicated. And how do you get them on vision and mission? And, And that's a recent passion for you. But it didn't start there. So tell us about that.
0: No, I didn't, and and your feeling of like, oh, we should probably do some training is very common, and just about almost verbatim what I hear from most ministry. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I started in ministry. I got I felt a clear calling to local church ministry in high school, um, and coming out of high school, kind of redirected my path. I thought I was going to be an English teacher because I love to read, um, I love to write, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, um, God called me into ministry, and so I went to Bible school in a small mm-hmm. Bible college here in uh, here in Florida <clears throat> called the Baptist College of Florida. And to my BCF friends out there, shout out, we don't get much, uh, coming out of Bible college. Uh, typically the thing is to go into seminary. So they kind of people who look at the, the Baptist College of Florida as like a pre-seminary kind of thing. Right. Um, but, uh, I didn't feel super keen on that. So we came back to Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm, where we are live. Um, me and my wife got married in college. So I say we came back to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the seminary thing uh, a little bit through life, or through Liberty Online. Right. Um, so I got about half of a master's degree, I guess. <laughs> That's great. Leadership or biblical leadership at the time, um, and, and but I didn't finish mainly because I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of practical value in it for me. There was a lot of
1: I can understand
0: Bible classes and mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the the classes that I thought would be practical turned out to be more like theory, maybe um, or or surveys of, of disciplines. And so um, I, I guess I'm a dropout, a, a grad
1: school dropout. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's a lot of seminary students I hear from who listen to this podcast. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's like, I just need something practical. Yeah. I remember I, yearning for that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and truthfully, my favorite podcasts even now are the ones who who like train, who teach, like, yeah. like make me better at something at the end of it, not just like discuss a topic. But um, that's not to, uh, a little controversial with my podcast buddies, but um, <laughs> I like, I like training oriented podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And so instead of that, I, I instead of going to seminary, I, uh, I went into local ministry here in Jacksonville, um, as well as um, I kind of have a passion for technology and always have. There's lots of people who have a passion for yeah. technology. I started building websites in 2007, and 2006, 2007. Um, that turned into building what, mobile apps in 2008 with the iPhone and the App yeah. Store. Um, and kind of went in the kind of halftime in, uh, technology space and halftime in in building things in the technology space and halftime in local ministry for the last, I I guess, eight years.
1: Yeah. And before you did trained up, which we'll talk about, we're going to talk about training, but you spent some time with life church and, Mm -hmm. uh, you worked on church online with them.
0: I did, yeah. That was a great. In fact, like that's kind of that time in my life I point to as like the the most the most growth spiritually, emotionally, uh, mm-hmm. as a leader, um, as a as a, um, a a team player, and just so much growth that happened at Life Church. Um, yeah, so I still that's look back cool. At, it's like my formative years.
1: <laughs> wow. So what were you doing with church online?
0: I was on the Digirati team, which is their yeah. um, team that works on digital missions stuff. Or when I was there was digital missions, it's kind of been reorged a little bit since I left. Um, they kind of have a different structure, I think, to it now. Uh, I, I worked mainly on a couple of tools, the Uversion Bible app. So I was yeah. the kind of project manager. Thank you manager. for
1: that. Every day, it's what yeah, I read.
0: Generous church to give that away, and the people, no the, the, the people that are you never hear about that kind of fund it behind the scenes, also just you know incredibly generous. Wow, because it's not a cheap thing to run. You know, it's got, it's I big, would
1: guess not. Right? You always wonder how do they do this, but boy.
0: yeah, it's a big team now. They've got uh, I don't even know twenty something people on the team now. Yeah. So, um, and so, yeah, so version Bible app, as well as kind of the technical leader, I guess you'd say, for things like the church online platform and churchmetrics.com and develop.me before it was called develop.me, um, open.lifechurch, which I guess is open.church now. So a handful of all those digital missions things at Life Church I was responsible for kind of managing those teams.
1: Wow. What we're, now, now, I mean, as, as much as we're going to get into online training in a little bit, and I know... One of the questions people are going to have is like, "Is that real? But like we just launched, a little late to the party, our online church, and I know there are hundreds of churches who will launch Church online for their church. So you know, if you want to check out ours, it's Connexus Church, oh com. That's what it is. I should know the website. <laughs> I work here, uh, connects us most days. most days, most days I work here. Um, and, and so, but there's a real discussion still, which surprises me about whether any of that stuff is real or whether it has to be in person. What did you learn when you were at life church about that?
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, the debate it happens among people who haven't experienced it probably. Um, and so, which and that's understandable. I mean, until you experience something, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around it, um, especially something as new as online relationships and online um, online church campus where the entire campus really exists online. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it took some incredible vision on the part of uh, Bobby and and um, Pastor Craig at Life Church and others um, to to really pour resources into something that was so kind of um, untested and. And really debated as well. Yeah. 10, 11 years ago, I guess it was now. Um, And so, but the reality is real relationships can't happen online. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not the, hey, bring your pickup truck over and help me move kind of relationships. Or I guess others have called, you know, said the 2 a.m. friend. But in all reality, um, you can lean on people emotionally and spiritually through online relationships. You can learn the Bible, you know, through online, uh, an online church environment. You can connect with people. Um, Kind of the core Pieces of um, of discipleship are um, are designed in a way or exist in a way that are completely and fully supported in an online campus. If mm-hmm. done well, I mean, it, it it takes intentionality. It takes doing it you know the right way and um, making sure you know what you're doing. But um, um, but that's the same thing with anything. I guess.
1: It, it seems kind of silly to me because so much of my life is online, like so much of what I do and so many of the connections I have through the blog, through the podcast and, and even through local ministry. I mean, we just earlier this year redesigned our entire website, redesigned our blog. And I mean, we have a lot of connections with people in our community and in our church Mm -hmm. that happen online. Why do you think, and I like what you said, it's mostly debated by people who haven't experienced it or done it. Why do you think there's so much controversy still around whether virtual is real, whether, whether online is real?
0: So I mean, having not experienced it, also I mean, there's a there's a bias that people typically have toward the way that they've done things, and yeah. so and I, don't, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not no. uh, uh, David Kenneman or anything like that. So there's people who know that stuff better, but I but we all instinctually know that you know we have a bias toward the things that uh, we've experienced, and the new things we have a bias against them, and so. Um, and so culturally speaking, most people have grown up in church where they go to church. Literally, they get in their car and they drive to church or they go on the bus and they go to church. Um, so the, the idea of doing church and it being a legitimate church um, and having legitimate relationships um, from their living room or from their bedroom or whatever it is, is um, is hard for people to to, to grasp. And, and cr- culturally, it's a big thing as well because um, you know I know that people are probably even tired of hearing, well, if you're a millennial, this is what millennials do or yeah. you know, the culture of millennialism. Um, but the, um, but the reality is my reality, I'm a college and young adults pastor at my church. And the reality is most of my counseling happens over Facebook chat. Oh, um, really? So I'll get a ping on a Facebook chat and it's a serious question. Um, like, you know, having something to do with, you know, I've made a real bad decision with my girlfriend or, um, you know, my, my parents want me to go this direction in my life, but I want to go the other direction. And I know for like, if I, if I try to defer that to a coffee, the coffee won't happen. Um, mm. And if I, but a a very real conversation, a very authentic conversation can happen by Facebook chat. And that's a, I mean, that's a, that is an in-person relationship, but most of the relationship actually happens. That one-on-one relationship happens online, either Facebook chat or texting.
1: Do you think people tell you different things through Facebook chat or through a text or or through any instant messaging than they would if you were face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball in a coffee shop?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No yeah, doubt. Especially coffee shop. I mean, I've, I, um, you know, in my living room, it might be the same level of transparency. Um, right. I, you know, it feels a little bit more, um, personal and, and private. Uh, of course, coffee shop is the best place to do counseling
1: anyway. Um, <laughs> everybody's but, balling over their lattes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll, we, my wife and I also do a lot of marriage counseling with right. young people who are going through a tough time. And, um, and a lot of that counseling, a lot of the the quick advice of here's the situation. I just had this argument with my husband. How do I respond? It happens over text message, mm-hmm. um, and um, and of course, you know, a lot of the initial conversations, the long two hour conversations at night, happen in our living room. But the most, the majority of the conversations happen, you know, after that on, on digitally. So well,
1: and you make a good point too. Sometimes people will just reach out to you really quick, you know, digitally. Um, and they may never, those conversations might never make it to your living room ever. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Otherwise,
1: exactly. if there wasn't some. I
0: mean, the, the scale of ministry, um, is really tough when it's all in person. You know, um, yeah. it's much easier to have a 15 or 20 minute Facebook chat, um, with someone or, or a text message chat, or even a, you know, a quick phone call or FaceTime, um, than it is to get together to drive somewhere or to, you know, schedule, put something on this calendar and schedule it and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. Now, over the last few years, you've refocused on training. Tell us how that happened. You had an interesting experience when you were on holiday last yeah. year. Why do we start there?
0: Yeah, so last summer, um, we uh, I, with my wife's family, we went on a little trip to the beach for about a week. And um, and while we were there, I was sitting literally sitting in the water with my brother-in-law, who's a um, church planter here in Jacksonville. And uh, we have little kids, and so they take morning and after. At the time, they were taking morning and afternoon naps. I was wanting something to do during morning and afternoon naps that wasn't work, like wasn't work work. At the time, I was doing some agency work, um, but um, was um, still something I could kind of dig my teeth into and learn some new technology. So um, I was asking him what he needed, and he said he needed a like an alternative to the online learning tool that he was using to do deacon training, elder training, and some volunteer training. Um, he had this long elder elder training process and a long deacon training and uh, assessment process. And so um, we talked about what he needed, and I was like, yeah, give me a couple of days. And so um, I went back to my uh, little bungalow hut thing and with the slow Wi-Fi and built him a little basic tool and showed it to him at the end of the week. Um, and he loved it. It was exactly what he needed kind of at the time. Uh, he showed a few other pastor friends, and they also liked it and wanted to use it. And so we kind of turned it into a self-service um, uh, platform for for ministry training that has kind of morphed into something much larger now. But um, I mean, I've always been passionate about training. Um, but truthfully, I hadn't really um, thought about scalable training for other people. I've done it myself, of course, with um, at Life Church when the U version. We had a big volunteer um, team that we needed to train on a regular basis. Yeah, and so and they're all remote. And so in scheduling you know, a meeting for seven hundred people to train them on the basics of using new live chat, you know, live support, uh, live prayer chat kind of tool that doesn't work. And so we had to do scalable training there. Um, but kind of all the stuff I learned from scalable training at Life Church and local ministry training here and, you know, here in Jacksonville kind of got poured into, um, this thing we call trained up.
1: Wow. So yeah, that's interesting, you know, scalable training. So just to give everyone an accurate picture, what, what are you trying to do with trained up? What is, what is that about?
0: Yeah, our mission with Trained Up is to equip the equippers, if you will. So the people who are responsible for equipping the saints for the work of ministry is that Ephesians 4 um, concept. Um, We want to give them um, the know-how, kind of the confidence and encouragement, as well as the, um, the understanding to be able to do training in a way that is scalable, efficient, effective, ready for the 21st century kind of thing. Um, as well as give them the tools, and so trained up is, uh, itself is actual software tool to be able to administer it. Um, but you don't have to use trained up to you know be able to do good, effective, scalable training.
1: Right. So, so but bottom line, and this was the prize for me: is you're not saying, "Hey, we'll train all your small group leaders," and here's the process we use, or we're going to train all your elders or deacons. We're going to train your guest services. It's it's not a content forum; it's just the means by which a church leader can upload his or her. Training material and distribute it efficiently and effectively to anybody they need to train.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is different. I, it is different. Yeah, it's different. And, and I, and I, um, and in the past, I've spoken in a way that is, um, I don't know, uh, maybe not the uh, the best way to talk about it. But I don't want to deride the value of um, of organizations who provide content um, because they're they fill an incredibly valuable hole. Mm-hmm. Um, what my passion is, my personal passion, is to equip people to be able to do it themselves. Um, sort of like you know, give a man a fish, teach a man a fish, kind of thing right. Um, I want them to be able to when they have an idea or they know they want to know it go in a new direction, I want them to go to the to go to a whiteboard and start whiteboarding uh, a training plan with content and and they have the equipment themselves to be able to produce their own training content um, supplemented by or you know maybe gathering together outside resources so those resources are really valuable. Um, but I want them to be able to do it themselves, and not just kind of go to the library
1: or go to the bookstore, which is really interesting to me. Okay, because I kind of in my world, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a reasonably progressive leader. I think I think I'm fairly up to date on things. At least that's the way I've, I, you know, make myself feel better anyway by thinking myself in that category. But like I've always thought, okay, if I want to train people, I either download someone else's content or I develop my own. And and if I develop my own and I'm just going to like call a meeting and you're going to train your volunteers. You're going to use room X in your church and you're going to do it. And this is sort of different because it is online, but it's not downloadable content. It's your content uploaded and dispersed to your team, which is really interesting. That was a a new paradigm for me. I hadn't really thought that, number one, that existed. And number two, that that was a possibility. But it's kind of interesting because, as, as I shared with you before, you know, we, we have all these volunteers and we haven't trained them particularly well. And to get people in a room at one time, uh, mm-hmm. on the same night to hear the same content and rinse, lather, repeat, do that multiple times <laughs> a year. Very difficult to do. Yeah. How well do you think, like, is this typical for a lot of churches, even, you know, progressive churches? Uh, does everybody struggle with training their volunteers? Well,
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so even now, um, even having built um, a platform to do it scalable, um, it's still um, a challenge for me to make the mental shift in my own local ministry to shift from, okay, I sh- can I, should I do it on a Tuesday night? I mean, I know that most of them will be there, and it's <laughs> easy. It's a low-hanging fruit. I can just kind of you know print up some notes or whatever and, and kind of wing it on a Tuesday night <clears throat> versus doing it in a way that is accessible to everyone on my team all the time. Um, if they, you know, if they miss something, they can go back to it in the future. So it's even you know, a struggle for me um, to kind of make the mindset shift. But the um the the real value to me in um, shifting from a local, like doing it here, doing it now on campus, kind of perspective is um the the concept of a church campus is kind of shifting as well. I mean, like the mm-hmm. um it it the doing scalable online training walks with and matches or maps to. The nature of church campuses. So, um, Connexus is a multi-multi site church. When you start thinking about how do we do training, um, how do we train all the volunteers so that the experience at all of our campuses is fully consistent, and whether you go to this campus or that campus or the third campus, it's always the same. Um, And also being able to do that in a way that um, is really easily communicated to everyone on your team at all your campuses, or if you have an online campus, it's even more complicated. Um, It just is um, becoming a Different kind of animal when it comes to training, not just volunteers, but as well as you know, also leaders and training up new leaders to be able to be filling new, you know, senior leadership levels, leadership roles at your campuses. So,
1: well, and we're just starting to quantify our online reach. Like, you know, you had an idea how many you're touching on Facebook and so on, or through social media, but like Easter weekend, just a couple of months ago. We launched our online thing, and and the numbers actually have held up fairly well, uh, surprisingly. But there were twenty two hundred people who came through our doors on Easter weekend through I think it was eight services that we ran over the course right. of of Easter weekend. But um, another so that oh no, it was twenty three hundred, and then another seven hundred, almost seven hundred joined us online live to bring that to three thousand, and awesome. then within seven days, another thousand accessed those services online through our on-demand part of our website, either through Mm -hmm. podcasting or whatever, uh, to bring it to 4,000. So it was almost double the reach online that we had (laughs) in real life, which is is crazy. And I know other churches have have similar experiences, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we think, I, I'm I'm still shifting paradigms where I'm like, no, but basically if you're going to train people, you have to get together live in person at the local church.
0: One of the things I kind of was first introduced to the concept that, um, our, I'm using finger quotes, the, the regular church attenders um, right. is, is not what we used to think of, what like it's not a weekly attender anymore. Like your regular church attenders are three times a month or twice a month people. Now. True. And so if we're only offering on-campus training um, for, if we want to get them plugged into volunteer roles then um, we're really putting ourselves at kind of a deficit of being able to actually get them into a training. If we want offer those once or twice a year, you know, we have to wait another six months before we can get them into a, you know, a volunteer role to be properly trained. So um, it's so culture shifting is making it really necessary to think in new ways about training.
1: So traditionally, I mean, when we, and, and my team might correct me on this, but Traditionally when we've tried to do in person volunteer training we think it's it's a success if we can reach half the people who are in a ministry. So if we have 100 people on guest services, if 50 people or more show up for a training at any given time, mm-hmm. uh, we high five each other. We're a little mm-hmm. more serious when it comes to small group leaders, you know, but even then you you're not batting a thousand. You're just no way. you're not. You're what kind been. of compliance do you get or what kind of participation do you get online? Is it higher, is it lower, is it the same?
0: Well, it's much higher. I mean, um, Oh, I mean, especially you would think it would be lower. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if we're talking about training, we're not talking about a one-time online training event where they still have to put it on their schedule and still has to fit within their vacationing and their sports
1: and all that. Hey, my kids got basketball that night. Can't do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, really when you make it on demand training, it, there's a whole lot of excuses that go out the window. Yeah. Um, And also because it's online training, you have the ability to have some accountability in the training process. And so um you, you know who has completed the training, you know who has completed it but maybe didn't understand it very well based on assessment questions through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um because attending a training is not the same as understanding the training. Yeah, that's um, true. And so, so you have the ability then to be able to follow up intelligently with people to know, well, you know, you you went through the training, but here's a a few things I think that you didn't understand. So let's, you know, here's a you know some supplemental that could you go back and watch that video again. So
1: walk walk me through it. What does that look like? Because I haven't participated in it, and and I'm I'm kind of intrigued, just as a as a you know someone who's involved in a church myself. So is it video, and then there's some kind of interactive component, and does it? Let me let me start with this question. Does it shrink? The time required or does it grow the time required?
0: Oh, okay. So we'll start with that one. So it definitely shrinks the time required because most training events are, um, or most training, even if you talk about like, there's two main types of training that most churches do. They do like the on the job shadow training yeah, and then they do the training events kind of thing that you do that, you know, a couple times a year. Um, our church does like an optional monthly training, but most ministries don't do that monthly in our church. So as far as the training time, it shrinks it because most of the time, if you're going to do a training event, you got to kind of round up to the nearest hour or half hour, right? (laughs) So we've got a thing that we need to train on. Like maybe it's new orange curriculum for our kids or whatever it is. We need to, we need to train them on how to use it. Um, but it's probably going to take 20 minutes. Um, but we can't have them all drive here. You know, it's wintertime and it's snowing where you are, um, or it's summertime <laughs> and there's beach, you know, and so that's where we are. And so, you know, we can't have them drive to our campus for a 20-minute training, so we have to kind of make it an hour or make it a 45-minute training, and then we have to maybe provide some refreshments or some coffee. And so it becomes this thing to um, where the... Um, the, the involvement of the staff becomes higher, the involvement of the people becomes higher and the threshold for for involvement at the whole church becomes kind of gets raised, not because of the expectations get raised, but because of the requirement just to attend it gets raised. Yeah, true. Um, so online training, you, you know, you shoot what you, you shoot the video that you need to, or. Um, you, if you, if it's not video, you know, required, it's uh, you know, if it's a handbook or if it's uh, audio or if they wouldn't need to watch a, some YouTube video online, or if you've got mm-hmm. orange, orange training content, you want them to watch, you can use your own training content kind of thing you've purchased, um, and put them through it. It's exactly what they need to be trained on. You ask them a few follow-up questions to make sure they understood it. Maybe also to re, kind of double, kind of double down on that content, reinforce it with some, some question asking. Um, and then when they're done, they're done and they can kind of close the laptop and go back to. Sleeping, or you know, time with family, or
1: whatever it is. Okay, great. So, so basically, it should generally take less time than it does in person.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, and that's not And we're not talking about offloading all of your church's training environments no, no. to an online um, uh, environment. For the same reason that you know there there are things that are really effective for online learning. Um, uh, like I learned all of my programming online. I didn't go to a single in person. Really, YouTube? Yeah, <laughs> YouTube. We're, I mean, I worked at Treehouse for a couple of years. Um, and Treehouse is like an online learning platform for okay. uh, for technology training. So um, uh, I learned a lot through Treehouse and then they hired me and so I worked there for a little while as well. That's cool. Um, and so, there's things that are appropriate for online training, but I mean, there's also things that are appropriate for in person training. That's a lot of vision stuff, a lot of community, things that really require community and conversation, in person conversation, you know, roundtable kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> but uh, a lot of the training that we do is policies, it's best practices, it's procedures for emergency situations for kids, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's no reason to be. I'm um, sitting in, you know, in a, an hour or two-hour lecture twice a year to yeah that
1: that you really them. hope every volunteer goes through because when the fire <laughs> alarm goes, you got to get those kids out safely.
0: Right, exactly, and yeah. also as churches scale in different districts and different states and countries, even um you you there's. A sense of if we have people working with kids we want to make sure that they've gone through and understood training and we even want to maybe maybe even have proof that they understood it you know emergencies and um yeah. all that kind of stuff there's some liability there so yeah yeah
1: yeah for your insurer right yeah you, can, yeah you can so basically i think we've covered some of this already but what would a typical training be a little bit of video and then what
0: yeah, so um, uh, depending on what platform you use, I mean, trained up supports, our platform supports all types of media, so video, and if you wanted to use images or GIFs sometimes to to make it fun, Yeah, yeah. Um, downloadable files, I mean, so you can, if you have a policy handbook you want them to read, and then you want to ask a few questions, make sure they read it. Um, uh, if it's more leadership stuff, if it, you want to kind of build a course that is supplements, maybe a book, uh, a book, kind of walking through a book, uh, a leadership book with your staff, you can, can have them, you know, do a course online to go along with it. Um, but generally, most people do short videos of five minutes or less per video, and oh, then two to goodness. three vi- two to three questions per video, um, just to reinforce and assess understanding.
1: So it also forces leaders to be brief, rather than it trying does. to trying to fill the hour that you've got people there with forty five minutes of fluff and games or whatever. Or, you know, <laughs> way too much information. It's just short training, and and that's why I can see like vision training or future training or that sort of thing. You want you might want to get people in a room. Okay, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. What churches are doing training well, and what are some of their secrets of success? Because I think we all, whether we do it virtual or on, or in person. We all probably intuitively know we need to do a better job of training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I'm still a huge fan of how Life Church does leadership development and training. Um, you know, they've got a, a leadership development machine up in Oklahoma where they you know, somehow figure out to, how to um, develop and, and release leaders to be able to roll out full campuses every 90 to 120 days. So, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, um, the guy that runs it, he's not the guy, the team that runs it is just a phenomenal team. So they do training really well, but there's some maybe churches that aren't as well known. There's Community Bible Church in San Antonio that does a great job with their online leadership training, right. or online leaders training for their online church campus. Um, they do a great job with it. Neil Smith is the innovation pastor there, and um, and his um, his team led by Chris, um, they do a wonderful job. There's uh, 12 Stone, they have a great leadership kind of uh, environment at 12 Stone in Atlanta. There's Summit Church, they do a great job of training and releasing church planters on a pretty regular basis. Um
1: so what are some of the consistencies you see in these churches who are doing it well? Like, what, if we sharpen our pencils, what can we all learn in the process? Why do they do it well and other churches struggle?
0: Yeah, the one thing I think that's um, kind of the, the, um, the, the juice behind them, in my opinion, is that there's a clear picture of what they want their learners to be at the end. Hmm. And so, um, I mean, we typically, ministry leaders, do training on an as-needed basis. Like you mentioned earlier, like, we, oh, man, we've got a whole, hundreds of new volunteers. We should yeah. probably train them up. Um, the um, these these churches that are doing it really well and are producing lots of you know high quality leaders in their church, um, they have a really clear picture, even a definition of what it looks like when they're when they've accomplished a certain kind of phase of training. Um, what's great and what I love is this leadership pipeline concept that um, has been in business world for a while and is kind of making its way into church world. And there's a handful of different. Kind of leadership development leaders that are leading that charge. I know you're familiar with the the pipeline concept. Uh, I think yeah, is, there's a conference
1: right? this fall actually that I'm speaking at with a number of others from Lifeway. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes.
0: Yeah, the great thing about the pipeline concept is that each that it defines the kind of a the the goal end goal for a stage of leadership development, and so. Yeah. Um, so, cause it's really hard to train someone with any kind of effectiveness without any, kind of a definition of where you want them to be at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and trained up concept when in our world, we call it learner profiles. And so for any kind of person that you want to train, you start with a learner profile before you start with the kind of any kind of content design or outline, you start with who do I want this person to be or what do I want them to be able to do at the end of this training session or phase of training? Um, and then walk backwards from kind of the end That's angle. a good idea. And that's why these, these really good ministry training, um, uh, churches as well as Action 9 and name planter trainings, they have really clear definitions of kind of the end goal.
1: Yeah, that's true. Actually, we're uh, walking through with some 20 to 30 year olds right now through something called Lead U at Conexus. And it's got a very clear goal of seeing, I think there's about 40 um, young leaders in their 20s that we actually want them to be in leadership. We want them to understand our mission, understand our vision, and move them into more significant roles of leadership by the time they're done the the three-month sort of process, which is which is great. It's been a lot of fun.
0: That's cool. That's great. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's the exact kind of thing that churches that are winning with leaders and not struggling to find new leaders or I'm um, spending, you know, months and months, years finding a senior level leader. They, they've done Um, all the back work of of making a plan and having a definition. Well,
1: this surprises me because, you know, I do get the privilege of talking to a lot of church leaders and even some very large, well-known churches. Uh, Most of them, actually, that I know, Scott, continue to struggle with finding leaders. You know, I've talked Mm -hmm. to numerous mega church leaders who have said, man, if we had like 10 more senior leaders who are ready to go, we'd have 10 more campuses tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not a money thing. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a it's not a time thing. It's not a willingness thing. It's a people thing. Yep. And you know, to think that people are limiting the growth of the church, or just the lack of leaders are are, are limiting the growth of the church, can be difficult. Anything else? Those churches who are doing training well, uh, best practices that you see that are translatable or shareable.
0: Yeah, I mean there are, I mean there are other things that might be more um, obvious things like they they um, have a clear plan for every person in the kind of a, a leadership I mean that's what kind of the leadership pipeline is, is helping right. people do is have a plan but they have a clear plan for people in the leadership development or the, the training um, environments they have some kind of well-defined training environments like you said you like at connectus you have leave you um, that kind of thing goes a long way to clarity for the vision for each person's individual life mm-hmm. um, as far as training and then um, <clears throat> they do a good job with um, uh, um, keeping that person in the flow and not kind of having real separate seasonality to it. It's, it's easy for churches to think in terms of like the spring and fall, but we'll give you the summer off kind of thing. Um, the the problem with that, there's a, there's a, there's a big break that hits w- mm-hmm. when you, when you get people out of the flow of, of leadership development, uh, it's hard to get them back into it. There's a lot. Of, so they they keep it consistent throughout the year.
1: You know, one of, the, one of the shifts I would say we've made in the last few years is definitely you have positions, and we have hundreds of positions at our church that need to be filled. But I think we've done a better job as a team of trying to figure out how to develop people rather than fill positions. And so, you know, you're always going to have some people who don't want a higher level of responsibility. It's like, I just want to do my part. I just want to, you know, do X or whatever, but we're trying to do a better job of, of tracking individuals and go, you know what? I think the Scott guy, he's got some potential here. You know what? How do, how do we sort of track with him and make sure that we can bring out the best that God has put in him? Do you see that in other churches and, and how do you do that? Well, I mean, we're starting to think that way, but we by no means have cracked the code.
0: Yeah, I mean, so my my first experience with that kind of mindset shift um, of shifting from man, we need we've got roles to fill to to um, we have people to develop yeah. was at Life Church and mm-hmm. at Life Church uh, it's just part of their culture. It's just part of. The, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of so ingrained that it's difficult to point out specifically the tactics or the yeah. strategy that they use because it's just kind of part of the language. Um, you know, when when someone is not doing a great job, it's not higher fire kind of thing. It's what role is better for you and how can we equip you better for a role that fits you better kind of Hmm. mentality. So, um, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's maybe feel like a cop out, but it's a culture thing, um, to, to kind of shift mindset from filling roles to developing people.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. What, what do you need to do? I want to drill down on that because I think that's a takeaway, whether you have 20 people at your church or 50 people at your church or 5,000 people at your church, how do you make that mind shift? What do you need to do? what 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 do you like like you spent some time at life church and you've spent some time in other churches is it just deciding is it as simple as that i'm going to start developing people what is that
0: <laughs> that's a great question yeah you know I, don't, I honestly don't have an answer for it that's okay <laughs> um yeah i mean We're I
1: all trying can, to figure this out in real of, time
0: I mean, make a decision but that's sort of like how people talk about weight loss if you just make a decision to lose weight then and what it, it really the the thing that it comes down to is you have to you know it, it, your life has to like your your mindset has to shift. Um,
1: yeah, but it really is. You know, I hired a trainer and paid him thousands of dollars, and he basically said, if you eat fewer calories, <laughs> then you burn. You will lose weight. So what what? Say that again? If I eat more, no, 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 no. If you eat less than you what? Okay. You know, it's like if you spend less money than you make, you will not go into debt. What? What is that again? You know, it it, maybe it is that simple. Maybe it's just deciding and maybe that's the big win for leaders listening today is I'm gonna stop filling positions. I'm gonna start developing people.
0: Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean like maybe I'm in a different mode because I've been you know listening to you for a while and I've been in leadership development uh, mindset for a while since you know since kind of getting that uh restart at Life Church but um, the, the resources are there. The encouragement is there. The, the tools to make it happen are there. Um, and and just like the weight loss analogy, it's all there. And it's not really that complicated of a, like a tactic of how you get it done. It's, it can happen in so many different ways. It can happen in conversations in your office. It can happen through, you know, book reading clubs or whatever. It can happen in online training with something like trained up or even, you know, ministry grid or right now media. Um, there, it can happen in lots of different ways. And I also wouldn't say that there's like one right way to do it. Um, the, the shift is having a, um, having a mindset of developing people um, uh, f- because the people are the point and not uh, kind of filling roles so that your organization can kind of keep functioning.
1: Yeah, and I don't do a flawless job at this, but I always try to have four or five people sort of in my immediate circle that I'm building into. them. having breakfast with them, I'm meeting with them, they're you know, traveling with me to some event or I'm just spending extra time with them. And trying to develop them, do you, is that a good place to start for people? Like, can you develop everybody? Can you just say, okay, we're all, we're going to develop everybody? Or do you start with a few or what What does that look like?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when you're starting, I certainly wouldn't um, roll out a church-wide um, uh, leadership development and training right. kind of environment if you don't know what you're doing with a handful. Um uh, so I, I, if, if we're talking about like a, a step to get started, um, the easiest thing is to bring along kind of that tag along kind of leadership development. Uh, and my, this is one thing I really respect about my brother-in-law. He's a, Again, he's a church planter here in Jacksonville. Um, he develops young men into kind of young leaders, and his method for it is the, the, the truck ride-along. So they mm. ride with him in his truck when they go to ministry, when he goes to the coffee shop to study. They, he just spends time with them. And, and it's not even that he has a real plan. Um, he, it's sort of like, you know, like a leadership development by osmosis maybe, or by, uh, you know, by proximity. Um, but that, that for him at the size of his church is a couple hundred people. His leadership team is, you know, fairly small still, and that works for him. Um, and that's how he kind of got started. So it doesn't have to be a scalable training thing from the beginning, um, for it to be effective where, you know, to get, kind of get your sea legs under you, if you will.
1: Yeah. And our lead you thing that we're doing for those 30 or 40 people in their twenties, young adults, um, that's sort of like putting steroids on that, that five people in the mm-hmm. the, the truck idea. That's a great right. idea. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, okay. Couple, a couple of other questions. Um, <laughs> seminary, like a lot of leaders are going, okay, I went to seminary and like you, you know, you, you, you said you half finished it and that sort of thing. Um, what are the gaps that just none of us are really equipped for? I mean, that's part of the reason I started this podcast, right? Was, was, you know, to fill in the the cracks. Rich Birch has unseminary, you mm-hmm. know, all the yeah. things <laughs> they wish they you, they had taught you in seminary. What are your thoughts on that? What are the big gaps that you see that we just have to do a better job training in?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's some really clear ones that I think even seminaries would say, yeah, we're not doing a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. technology training, uh, technology and communications, um, being able to, to use the tools that are available uh, right now to be able to do ministry more effectively and uh, more efficiently and allow them to, you know, scale their own leadership. Um, so that's an, uh, like a low-hanging fruit. That's easy to say. Most seminaries are not great with technology mm-hmm. and communication. Uh, I think leadership, really practical and um, practiced leadership is something that um, most seminary processes or most seminary courses don't have that I've seen.
1: Nebraska Christian Institute does an unbelievable job there. I've spoken there, and I'm going to speak there again. And they they are just Steroids on leadership, which is great, yeah. but it, they are the exception, not the rule.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the thing is, I think I feel like most seminaries um, design their courses um, to teach with the things that they enjoy most, which most seminary professors, I think, like um, you know, deep Bible teaching and
1: theology. Yeah,
0: most seminary plans, the most seminary tracks. Are theology based. They kind of go yeah. back to um, learning the Bible really deep and learning all the different uh, arguments for all the different parts and all the different things you believe, and that's great. It's I think there's a lot of value in that. and I think we still need that. The uh, the danger is when it um, uh, is you know a young man comes out or a young woman comes out of seminary with a lot of head knowledge about the Bible um, and about even you know Bible commentaries um, and not a whole lot on how to lead and develop people, um, mm. and so. Most seminary training, um, I guess, is, is lacking that practiced leadership. Um, so, also, I mean, so I was in a like a, when I was at Liberty, I was in leadership, the leadership track, the leadership uh, biblical leadership track, and uh, it was good, but it was a lot of theory. Uh, it was a lot mm. of you know how to run meetings, like Robert's Rules of Order stuff, um, and which is useful, I guess, and you know maybe some older churches that have you know really stru- kind of structured business meetings. Um, but for me, I was looking for how do I take a, you know, a, a 19 or 20 year old guy in my ministry and how do I help him to become who he's supposed to be, um, hmm. uh, in ministry. And so I didn't, I wasn't getting a whole lot of that and it may have changed. Honestly, that was 10 years ago. So yeah, it, may yeah, it could be radically different today. Um, but that's where kind of, I feel like they're maybe falling short some. Yeah, sure. So what's incredible is that there's a lot of churches that are doing a great job of, of kind of filling in those gaps. Um, I mean, for example, churches like like what you're doing with Lead You is exactly the kind of thing I feel like local churches should be doing with their time, if they have the ability to do it, is to provide that um, supplement to some of the organized education um, or the structured seminary education. And um, and what's great about that is that not only do, they, do you provide that in the context of practiced leadership where there's an, an environment where they can actually put that stuff to work, um, but it also connects them to a local body that they can maybe even have the opportunity to continue in ministry while, you know, after they're completed the, you know, like lead you or whatever it is, like summit has their own stuff as well. So, um, I think personally that the, um, the local church, a lot of local churches like Connexus are doing a great service to, to young ministry. Well, students.
1: we're trying to figure it out. So here's, here's a question for you. If a church leader wants to start training, let's assume not a big church, not a lot of money, not a lot of resources, but doesn't know where to start. It's kind of like, okay, this episode is owned me. We're barely training anyone except maybe to hand out programs on a Sunday or, you know, how to make the coffee or, you know, that kind of basic training. But our small group leaders aren't trained or our our kidsmen, people aren't properly trained. Maybe even in things like, you know, fire safety, let alone elder training or leader Mm -hmm. training or that sort of thing.
0: Where do you start? (laughs) That list could keep on going. Yeah, list could keep on going.
1: (laughs) It's kind of like, uh uh-oh, shouldn't have listened to this episode. What, where would you suggest they start just really practically?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, assuming that person we're talking about is, um, you're sitting there and you're like, man, okay, I've made the mindset shift. You're right, Kerry. This needs to happen. We need to get better at mm-hmm. training. Um, there's a great little practical thing you can do. We have a free training, or um, free course on, on how to learn about learner profiles, which is a great place to start to define the end goal for your learners. Oh, okay there's a place you can go to learn.trainedup.org and uh, it says how to build uh, or build your own learner profiles. It's a free course. It takes about maybe 15 or 20 minutes. You learn about learner profiles, um, as well as building your first learner profile. And, um, what you'll do is es- es- essentially is you'll, you'll be able to understand or start with a definition of a single person in your ministry who needs to be trained better. Um, so like, for example, I went through this this week with, um, uh, with a children's ministry director at um, a church here in Jacksonville. She's got a lot of training. She's got to catch up on with a lot of volunteers, with a couple hundred volunteers. And um, we started with the learner profile, and suddenly it was like that click, that aha moment of, okay, so now that I have a definition, all of the trainings I need to do become really clear. I can create learning paths for people oh, cool. um, that help them, not just help me be able to you know, train efficiently, but also help them to know, What they need to know to be able to do ministry really well, and and that honestly, then kind of the the follow on from that serves a lot of solves a lot of problems.
1: No, that's really good. Say it one more time, and then we'll link to it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, it's learn.trainedup.org, and there's a uh, there's a course. There's several courses in there, but one of the courses is build your own learner profiles.
1: What I like about that is it's it's kind of not just okay, I'm going to start here, and then it kind of ends there, but that has the potential to snowball. You're you're starting a system for training rather than just training, and it, it's free. That's a really good thing as well. Yeah. Good. And then what what else would you say? What else?
0: Right, so after that ha mom, that aha moment with the learning profiles, um, you really like it. It you you see it kind of um fall into place. It's sort of that um I don't know if, if you've watched the movie uh The Matrix where hmm. um where Neo takes the the pill that shows him the rabbit hole kind of thing um and has that aha moment. Everything else starts to make sense in his life. Uh, it's that kind of thing where you have a, have a clear definition of your learner. You understand how to produce content. You understand what that learning path should be like for them. And so the the idea of producing your own training content for them in a way that's scalable online, or in, in, even you know creating a clear training path for them in person becomes much less daunting. It's not it's not yeah. a big elephant to to swallow. It's um it's a clear stepping stone across a river.
1: I also loved your idea of what was that pickup truck. You know, where you just basically get a couple of people near you and you just kind of do life together and you develop them as as people and leaders. That's great. That's great. So, Scott, last question. Where do you see training and leadership heading in the next 10 years? Because we live in a really interesting fulcrum in history. You know, the internet is as small as it will ever be uh, in the future. It'll never be as small as it is today. Uh, do you see this growing, exploding, supplanting? Like, where, where do you see uh, training and leadership going?
0: Yeah. Um, so I see, uh, I mean, we've made a big bet for online training that, uh, that, that learning is going to be, um, remote and dispersed in, on your own time. And so, um, I think that, uh, training in the church will go that direction. Uh, I think there's a lot of, um, ministry leaders who are already picking up on that, um, and trying to figure it out, um, which is why we decided to make a tool for them that, uh, um, is um, kind of a turnkey solution for them instead of having to hack together something else. Right. Um, so I think a big part of it is going to be scalable training. I think the other big part is going to be things that like what you're doing at Conexus. I don't mean to keep on talking about it, but having individual um, or having entire kind of universities or um, there's a church here in, in, in my city called um, Celebration Church. They have Celebration Leadership College, and it's a great environment for young leaders to kind of get that foundation right out of high school or right out of you know undergrad that gives them um, kind of a uh, that boost or that kind of catapult into ministry with really good foundation and tied to a local church.
1: Yeah. Hey, before anybody gives me credit for that, that is 100% Jeff Brody on our team, by the way. He's, <laughs> he's the genius behind that. I just get to talk about it. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, online training and then um, uh, the the sort of that leadership college concept um, in, um, in local churches is going to be big.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, this is great. Scott, I know you've got something, um, we're going to have an offer together, but the time this airs, because we usually record things well in advance, you're going to have, uh, if people want to check it out, some kind of special deal. So just tell us about the website once again, and then uh, we'll link to everything in the show notes.
0: Cool. Yeah. So Trained Up is a learning platform for, or a training platform for churches. It helps them close the training gap is how we talk about it. Um, so that means that you can provide online and kind of access anytime training for your church, whether it's volunteer training or leadership development training, kind of the whole spectrum. There's three main tools. You can do online courses really simply. That's kind of that video and follow-up question kind of thing. You can also share collections of files that we call resources. So like all your policy handbooks and maybe, you yeah. know, important files you want leaders to be able to access at any time. So we can kind of put those co- together in a collections of files and, and links to other things. And then the third piece is trained up webinars, which is like live online training. If you don't want to have people come to a campus, you can do live training where they can all attend online right within your training platform um and it's um it's uh, really priced for ministry as well but um uh, we would love to give um your listeners um a special deal so um uh, we'll use the coupon code if you come and sign up um after hearing this podcast the coupon code carry how does that work
1: that Carey? sounds great. C-A-R-E-Y. Yeah, great. I do Newhoff. No, you'd have zero takers on that. <laughs> Everybody misspells it and a lot of angry people. But C-A-R-E-Y, that, you can C-A-R-E-Y. almost R-E-Y. remember that. and
0: I'll give you a coupon. And we'll say that's um 10% pr- for life. So as long wow. as they have the account and they signed up with the coupon code carry, then we'll give them 10% off for life.
1: That is pretty cool. So anyway, thanks so much for that. Thanks for your generosity. And I know you know whether people end up using Trained Up or some other thing, what you've shared is so, so helpful because I I just realized, you know, you got to make this transition from filling slots to developing people. And I think we all know that, but hey, it's time to hit the gym. It's time to do that. The mission it's is to too important, right? <laughs> yeah. hey And thanks again for your generosity. We'll have the links to everything, including the um, the website and the promo code in the show notes. So you can just go to kerrynewhoff.com to find it there. Scott Magdalene, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, Scott, I'll tell you, man, that's challenging. I know our church, as we've grown, has discovered how difficult it can be to keep, literally, I think we have 650 volunteers on the same page, and you got to have a system for it. So I hope that was really, really helpful uh, for you. It certainly was for me. And if you want the show notes to today's episode, you can go to uh, just kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 93. That's right. We're closing in on 100. Now, next week, when we come back, I've got a really fascinating conversation with Matt Chuning. He's a church planner in Boston, Uh, he is the lead and founding pastor of Netcast Church and if you're like me i work in canada that's my whole ministry context but a lot of you your new england listeners or your seattle listeners or portland or you know maybe you're not in the bible belt you're going to love this cuz we have an honest conversation about being a young leader in a city that historically has been tough to do ministry in boston and how Matt and his team are figuring it out and learning as they go along. So you're going to love that. That's Matt tuning next week. The way you don't miss it is if you subscribe. So you can do that for free on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or, of course, on iTunes. So just hit the subscribe button. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope our time together today has helped you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast.